Welcome back to the Redeemed Encounter podcast. We are here today with Giselle, Danny, and Han- and a special guest, Hannah Turcios. And we are here to talk about Use It or Lose It Part 2. Hey guys, welcome back uh, to the Encounter. Thanks again for choosing us. We appreciate it. Today we have uh, my cousin, Hannah. Hello. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's been here for a while, so we decided to throw her in the podcast. <laughs> guys, uh, today um, we're going to talk about our, our second... No, no, it was like uh, two weeks ago, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah, it's a continuation to the Use It or Lose It, uh, the one that we were talking about like a few weeks ago. And um, today, it's honestly, I'm so excited to talk about this because I feel like we're going to hit like a lot of points that we haven't thought about and we haven't preached about as well. And um, what do you think? We should get into it right away. Let's get into it. So um, the first question I think the, the, the they put for the Use It or Lose It, I think we have to understand that the Use It or Lose It uh, podcast, the first one, just as a recap, we were talking about salvation and we we're talking about, you know, how you can use salvation or um, not only how you can use it, but what happens if you don't use it, you know, like, do you lose it? Like, you know, like, like, you know, we think that muscles, because we don't work them out, we lose the muscles and we really do. But salvation now is something that's not like that, but there is more to just salvation, right? I was just telling my cousin, there's levels to this, right? That's like a super thing, like a super, um, worldly thing to say, but it's so true, right? There is levels to this, right? It's not just, uh. Hey, I'm saved and I am that's it. And um I look pretty and I wanna live my life, but there is things you can do to get uh deeper into heaven and to God and everything. So first question is uh why follow a specific doctrine if all Christians are saved and will go to heaven? Um I think I heard this from uh from from a pastor and I think I, I loved it so much. And he said this, he said the Bible says that we will uh have brothers in faith. But it never said in doctrine. So so we have to understand that Christians are Christians and Christians who uh, decided to accept Jesus Christ are saved, are saved. Um, But keep in mind that um, I think I wouldn't be worried so much about the specific doctrine right away. You know what I mean? Like once you receive Jesus Christ, I think you I think the point is just to go to a church get fed spiritually and your your spirit slowly will start kind of asking like for for example as like a baby right when a baby is born you don't give them meat right away right or you don't give them chicken right away right you give them little bottles here and there and you give them and then as they grow they start craving and craving and craving or not only just craving but asking for more substantial food yes just Fourteen. It says, "Then we will no longer be little children, tossed and carried about by all kinds of teachings that change like the wind. We will no longer be influenced by people who use cunning and clever strategies to lead us astray." What this tells me is that um, I think as we grow spiritually, God starts to reveal to us His truth through the Bible, and that's why it's so important. Like, regardless of what church you go to, to be aware of what your pastor is teaching, and then. Go through the Bible and study it. Make sure that's what the Bible is saying. You know, um, you might not start out with with like the perfect doctrine, but I think by studying and by looking in the Bible and and reading and seeing and asking God to open your mind for revelation, then you learn 
all these things and you start to say, okay, maybe my maybe this isn't the right thing to be learning or and following. And just to clarify, nobody nobody has the right, like the full perfect doctrine, right? Yeah. Nobody yeah, has the perfect. We're still learning. Yeah, we're also learning. That's why uh, the beautiful, uh, the Bible says that in within many, within many people, there is wisdom, meaning everybody has a little bit of something, right? So some people might have a lot of word. Some people might have a lot of worship. Some people might have a lot of things that we don't have. So, I, what I like to think is pick pick and choose. No, not sorry, not pick and choose, but pick what's good of out of everyone, and add them to what you have. Um, yeah, and I was going to add on that um, we should also not focus so much on thinking that doctrine is the is the thing that saves us because um, every like you had mentioned, everyone has uh, different uh, points of views and everything, and on the word and on this lifestyle and so like Giselle said we should be careful with what we hear and stuff and make sure that whatever is being preached is also corroborated with the bible and like Titus 1 says but you must teach what agrees with sound doctrine and doctrine means instruction so this doctrine is is just to guide you is just to show you um, some of the way to Jesus Christ but it does not completely save you you know, you know what? Go ahead. You want to something? Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. I was going to add that in John, it says in First John 4, 1, the Bible tells us to like, to, to not believe everything we are told, but to check with the Bible that everything that we are told comes from God. Because, you know, we can say a lot of things, but we have, and they can sound nice. This is something tricky because, um, you know, the enemy is very smart in his way of going like, about us and right. about how he wants to deceive us and it's very important that whatever we listen to even if it sounds super nice even if it sounds comfortable to us even if it is what we wanted to hear we put it to test you know how according to the bible like you we go to the bible like Giselle was saying like we we can't we can't be like just saying oh yes i feel like this is this sounds nice no we have to go to the word of god that is the the best way the safest way to test what we are being told is to go to the word of god and check that it is coming from god not from the flesh not from nice you know a nice intention but from what the word says from what god established already through his spirit through his word and then be like, okay, this is for me. This is not for me. And this is from God. And this is from men. We right. have to be really clear about that. Right. And I, I, I agree. And also, I was going to tell you guys that, that doctrine um, enriches our saving. So keep that in mind. So um, are we saved? Yes. Okay, Danny, but you know, I'm bored. I've been, I've been, you know, I've been Christian for 15 years and I've just been hearing the same old, same old for 15. Okay, then it's, it's time for you to look deeper within the doctrine and that's why it's like it's like for example can you go through college no can you go through high school without taking an ap class yeah yes. you can graduate without an ap class but the minute you start to take an ap class there's like a little bit more of enrichment to yes. life and you're like oh now i understand this now i understand and then what happens it's like a little um have you guys ever had like a little like a little tirita, like like on your thing, and then you start pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling yes, and pulling, yeah. pulling and pulling and pulling, and then you're with no sweater. That's what it is. Doctrine is that. Once you pull a little bit, that's gonna enriches, enrich it, yeah. enrich it, enrich it, enrich it, and then until you like you feel replenished, you feel plen, you put plenty. I don't know. That's a thing okay. to say. I also think that it's very important to know that doctrine is going to make the sinful parts of you uncomfortable. Mm. 
Doctrine that is according to the Holy Spirit, according to God, is not gonna, it's not gonna be a pat in the back mm -hmm. and make you feel, oh yes, you're good with your sin. Don't worry about it. No, it's not gonna make you play with grace. Mm -hmm. Doctrine that is according to God is going to help you see your sin, your sin clearer. And I was hearing this last time, and it said there was a preacher. I really don't know who he was, and he was saying, the closer you are to God the more sinful you can be or, or you can, sorry, you can be, no, you can feel. Right. But why is that? Because the more you are with God, the more he convinces you of the evil that is in us. Mm -hmm. the, the closer we are to him, to his true word, to the truth of his gospel, the more we can see with clarity what we're doing wrong, what we should stop doing. And the more uncomfortable we're going to feel with our old ways. Mm -hmm. You know, when we, maybe when we start coming to Christ and like our little first steps, we're comfortable with certain things that we still do. And little by little, God is going to keep um, changing that. He's going to make you feel like, hmm, I don't like doing that anymore. I'm just going to change it. Why? Because I don't feel like this is honoring God. And then the closer you are to him, the more you are going to feel challenged to change your old ways. And the more uncomfortable you're going to feel with the actions you used to feel so comfortable with. Mm. I feel like the it will enrich you. Yes. Amen. But it will also challenge you right. to to be so different to who you used to be. You know, it would challenge you to be more like him. And being like Jesus is a challenge. Like right. he was perfect. And we're like, well, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm just a human. <laughs> and that's a beautiful excuse for yeah. those who don't want to change. But those who want to be more like Jesus, which hopefully that's all of us, yes. we know that there's a challenge in it and that we know we're not perfect, but that we want to be perfected through his word. I agree. Yes. And honestly, to add on to what Hannah is saying, the perfect verse to back her up is in 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, every scripture passage is inspired by God. All of them are useful for teaching pointing out errors, correcting people, and training them for a life that has God's approval. So like Hannah was saying, the point of us being here is not so that we can feel good about the things we're doing or the things that we've done. It's so that God can perfect us. And, and so that the ultimate goal is for us to die and for Jesus to live within us. And the only way to do that is if we sacrifice and we understand that we're not perfect that we can't do it without him and the only way we can reach any any type or form of perfection is through jesus christ right yes yeah and and also to back up what what hannah said is um matthew 10 34 do not think that i have come to bring peace to the world no i did not come to bring peace but a sword and the sword is the bible the bible that makes us feel uncomfortable in our spirit that makes us feel convicted of our sin and makes us want to change for the better of God. So when, like we have been saying, when the doctrine, when the teaching um, is to just, you know, move some something in your soul and to make you feel good instead of convict you of what you have done wrong, it is not from the Lord, but it is instead from human knowledge and the dependence of human knowledge. You know how I felt um, right now when... when uh, when Anna was saying about the about the the closer to you feel to God, the 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 the, the sin the like more sinful you feel. yeah, the more sinful. I'm sorry, the more sinful you feel. It's like it's like when you guys get close or you guys want to you know go out with that fit friend, 
Yes, and that is have, accurate. And you don't have it, and you don't have those habits. And you go out to you know Cheesecake Factory, and you're just getting you know a big burrito or you know a big pasta, and they you know they get the Fit Fair skillet. And then you're looking at me like, oh man, I, I wasn't. I feel so bad. No, no, I don't want to eat this anymore. Right. <laughs> and then you go more and more, and then when you go out with that friend, you both get the whole you know avocado to toast and and you yeah. know a water and you've never drinking water like in 40 years and and yeah it's exactly what you said right the more you get to know somebody and especially if it's a person that has a lot of habits the less you know okay okay i need to you know kind of accommodate the yeah. same because i don't want to feel inferior right and and it's something about about the light of god you know because the closer you are to his light the more this light makes it so obvious that your you know that your vestiduras that you know your clothing your walking your you know your everything is dirty right. <laughs> the more you see how how bright and clear everything is around him the more obvious our flaws are you know if we're in the darkness you can't tell that my t-shirt is stained mm. but if we're in in the light then yeah. i'm gonna be like oops how did I end up wearing this? How did I end up going out of my house with something so dirty? And it's the same with the Lord, you know. The closer you get to Him, the more His light makes our our flaws obvious, but not to shame us and not to condemn us, but to push us to change. Right. But to bring us to cleansing, but to bring us to to a change that is much needed, you know, because you were giving the example of the fit friend, and we're used to we're used to bad things sometimes I'm just talking about like the fitness life you know the fit life but we're used to those things and it is only when we see our habits compared to healthier habits that we realize how wrong our habits are and that's exactly the way it is with jesus the more you're with him you realize how have i been behaving like this my whole life right. like how do i even think that this is acceptable if in his light i see how how really wrong this right. is, you know, and, that, and that's why that, that's why the, I like what the Bible says that the Bible, the word will convict you. Amen. And mm -hmm. and that's why I don't like when people. Uh, I say this personally. I don't like it when um when people come and try to impose, like for example, oh, cut your hair, uh, mm -hmm. wear longer skirts, and I'm like, wait, let let the word convict them. But you know what? We've been here for almost 13 minutes, and it's the first question. So let's move on. Okay. Yeah. And it says, and it says. Uh, so the next question was, uh, could it be pre? Could it could it be that we are predestined? That some of us, or some of us, could be like Judas to know God, but to be destined to not be saved. And um, when we were talking about this early on today, and I don't think that that that, for example, I don't think that God chose out of all of them said oh judas i want i want to kill judas judas is the one no no i feel um well i don't feel i see in the bible that jesus says one of you guys will hand me over and you guys one of you guys will will backstab me for example in the 21st century right yeah. um <laughs> but um and and that tells me that everybody had the chance to sell out jesus and the one that chose the money, the one that chose the one that, uh, to sell out Jesus was Judas. And um, so, no, I don't believe that. No, sorry. I do believe that there are predestined people, but I just don't believe that. If you've heard, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not predestined to be like Judas. Yes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like in order to be predestined, you never have to hear, hear about Jesus Christ. And that's the only way that I can see that you're predestined. I remember... Um, 
I was actually with your father. And, oh, um, okay. And yeah, your dad is like a doctrine master. So, so I was, I, we were asking him, like, I said, God, that's not God, right? I asked him, ask him, you know, Theo, uh, you know, what happens if, uh, if I, I, I adopt a kid and this kid was predestined to never know God? Like, yeah. does that mean we mess up God's plan? He was like, no. If you adopted the kid, he was predestined to know Jesus Christ. Of course, and I, and I, it made so much sense. And I was like, oh, so it's not like uh, we get to mess up God's plan. It's like it's already we're a not stab. powerful. Enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We don't have that kind of influence. <laughs> exactly. So we have to make sure that we are. If you're hearing this and you're hearing about predestination, you're hearing about choosing God, you are predestined to be saved. Yes. Um. First, I mean, Second Timothy one nine says God saved us and chose us to be His holy people, but not because of anything that we did ourselves. He saved us and made His His people because that was what He wanted, and because of His grace, His grace that was given to us through Jesus Christ before time began. So we were we were destined to be saved. But if we look at Joshua twenty four fifteen, it says, "But maybe you don't want to serve the Lord." You must choose for yourselves. Today you must decide who will you serve. Will you serve the gods that your ancestors worshipped and when they lived on the other side of the Euphrates River? Or will you serve the gods of the Amorites who lived in the, this land? You must choose for yourself. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So what does that tell me? That tells me that God predestined us for salvation. But he's not going to take away our chance, our free will, and make us be saved if that's not what we choose. He gives us the choice to be, to decide what do you want? You want me or do you want to do you want to be lost? Go ahead, Rico. Um And yeah, and to add on to what Giselle was saying, we were talking about this earlier as well. That um, also that the fact that uh, God is a gentleman and He's not going to impose anything on you, um, because at the end of the day, um, also it also doesn't depend on our own selves that we say that someone else is saved or not, or that we say that we ourselves are saved or not, because John 6, 44 says, people cannot come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and I will raise them to life on the last day. So it, it doesn't all depend on us, and it never will depend on us. And it's God, the author of life, who brings us to him when we open up our hearts to him and he allows us and draws us near the one that in in uh, infiltra um, the breath of life into yes. our spirit. I feel like it's very important to know this. You know, like God has already chosen you before anything, but he like through that choice he made of getting you to know him. There is also the the option that he gives you to say, okay, I like this. I like that I have been chosen by God, and I have decided to to you know take advantage of this beautiful privilege that is his blood and his redemption the word of god says and i wanted to i i love this when i read it it's in ephesians 1 verse um four and five it says for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him he predestined us to be adopted i like that because you were talking about it mm. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And something that's beautiful about this is that he chose us to be holy and blameless. So he didn't choose us to be reckless. 
He didn't choose us to do whatever we wanted and just say, okay, so I've been chosen by God. So since he chose me, I get to do whatever I want because he loves me the way I am. So, you know, and this is a big mistake we often make because I think that we have to be very clear. Yes, come as you are. Amen. Amen. But don't leave as you are. Come as you are and be willing to be changed into this holy, blameless in his love person, you know, because we can we have this beautiful blessing of being chosen by God. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to choose him back. I can't say, okay, Jesus chose me, but I want to choose like I, I can say that. But do I want to say that? Do I want to say Jesus chose me? But even though he did, I'm choosing the world. We have to remember that if that if we befriend the world, we defriend Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's very important to know that that his grace is amazing and it's more than enough. But I also have to choose him back. I can come as I am because he chose me just as I am, but he chose me not to stay like this. Jesus doesn't want you to come to him and stay like that. Jesus wants you to come to him just like you are so that he can show you just who you could be. Right. And he can form you into being that person that he's already seen in this future that we don't know it. But he already saw you perfected. He already saw you transformed into this new person. So it's up to us to really take the chance and say, "Okay, Jesus, you chose me. So now I'm choosing you. I'm choosing you back. I want to show you with my life that I am valuing this, that I do not belittle this that you gave me and that I am choosing you back to be who you want me to be. I agree. I agree, and um, just to finish this off and close this, so we can go to the next to the next uh, question. In Romans eight twenty nine, it says, "For those whom He foreknew." If you guys read this, it says, "Those who are those, those who hear, those who were there, those who listen to the word of God." He knew them before, so that means that He chose these people before they were born. Listen to what it says, and it says, "He also predestined." And look, this is gonna go with with what Anna just said. To be conformed to the image of the sun. Yeah, that's that, beautiful. That doesn't mean you stay how you you doesn't mean you stay how you came. No. We all have to be molded into this mold of Jesus Christ. And it says, conform to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So that means that we all have to strive to be like Jesus Christ. Amen. And listen, so he he knew us before. He predestines us. He wants to conform us to the image of God. And it says, and those on 30, it says, and on those who he predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he will also justify. And those who he's justified, he will also glorify. These are like steps, right? Yeah, these are all steps. But that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, like if you're listening to this, you're predestined for yes. this. You see what I'm saying? Like, like that's, not, that's what I want to go to. It. Like, oh, can I be like Judas? No, you can't be because you're listening to this. Now, if you live, you know, in some hole in the world where, you know, I don't know, you've never heard about Jesus Christ, then maybe, I don't know, I, I'm not I'm not God. I'm not going to take any more comments because we need to move on. We have 22 minutes. It's, it's yeah, we only, we're on, we only have on, on a third question. But I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about that, and if you guys want to read it, it's in Romans 8, 29 through 30. The next question is, how is it fair that some people are born already destined to go to hell? And I think that was, that's like a freak, that's like, that's like a, like a really like, like, um, like trick a, question, like a trick question, right? Because you always want to say like, oh my God, like that sucks, right? You, you make seem like you, people make it seem like if God is bad and I, I, I want to take it as that God isn't bad or a bad God. It's like nobody, 
nobody like God didn't say, oh, you are gonna go to hell and you are not. He, like he didn't play tic tac toe with this, you know. <laughs> right. Until you know, he he said it, he was more like everybody's on its way to hell, and he is the life raft. And he's I saying, agree. get in my life raft because this boat is sinking. Get in, and people are saying like the the, the like the, uh, like the Titanic. They're saying, nope, I want to stay in my boat. I want to die with my boat. And people are gonna die in this boat. So. We have to understand that people did not choose like, oh, you're going to go, you're going to stay. Oh, I like you more, so you're going to stay. No, he, we're all on our way to hell, and he is the salvation. He is our way out of hell. But I'm sorry, I don't want to stop speaking, so go ahead. Yeah, and then there's, like how Danny was saying, there's those who, who harden their heart to the voice mm. of the Lord, for example, Pharaoh. And yeah. like even though that um, Pharaoh didn't want to give in to what the Lord was saying, um God still used Pharaoh um, as a vessel, not a vessel of honor, but still like a, a vessel. And Exodus nine sixteen says, but to show you my power, I have let you live so that my fame might spread over the whole world. So even though this man hardened himself, God still used him. But for God to proclaim himself and for us to this day still know that God is all powerful and that when people or man says no, God still always has another way for his name to be glorified. And honestly, another verse to back you up is in Proverbs 16, 4. It says, the Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked, according to their role for the day of evil. So like, like you were saying, the Pharaoh, yeah, he might have not been like chosen or his heart was so hardened that he couldn't be saved, but he was created for a purpose and he terminated or he is, he was able to complete that purpose for God. Mm. And we see how all things work together for the good of those who love God, because even Judas, I mean, Judas was necessary for the master plan. Even the, like, even those who betrayed Jesus, even those, there had to be someone who played that role and and it's very sad but some people are willing to play that role god will present you the chance to say i want to play the role of the person who is there for god and the person who is there you know carrying the cross with jesus or you can simply be like nah i just want to be the one who who screams uh yes crucify him crucify right. him we decide what role to play like we are presented with the options And in the end, like Giselle was saying, it's it's all about, you know, even if you pick, even if you choose, if your heart is so hardened that, well, you have to play a bad role now, even then God will use you for his purpose. Like you don't want to be part of that purpose. okay? but you're going to be part of what reaches that purpose. Maybe you're not going to be part of the or they they're not going to be part. They're not going to be part of the pueblo that goes out of there. You know, of the people who go out of Egypt, but he was part of what had to go on, of what had to happen right. for his people, for God's people to go out. Like, right. you pick your role. Right, and and I like that you said that, you pick. And that's why God is, honestly, God is a good God because he lets us pick. He lets you choose, do I want to send today or do I not? Do I want to choose Christ every single day or not? And if you don't, he still finds a way to use you to his plan. I remember um, actually your brother, since I know I hang out with all your family, right? Um, I was with your brother and they asked him, you know, like, oh, like, what happens if I die and I don't complete my my calling to this world? 
or I don't want to complete this calling. And he said something so, 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 so wise that I was like, oh, that makes more sense. He was like, look, if you don't want to complete your calling, that is fine. Like, okay. But God will use whatever he has to use to fulfill that, what that calling needed to do. He was, he was like, okay, I'm going to give you an example. For example, you were supposed to, I was supposed to, I'm going to put myself as an example. I was supposed to bring my sister, which is right here next to me, to Christ, right? Whether I become Christian or not, God was going to use me to do that. So whether I can become a pastor and try to convince her that way and bring her in, or I could have died tragically, making her so sad, she goes to church. Yeah, I feel like um, we have to understand this. The master plan of God will fulfill itself. Yeah, exactly. Whether you want to play the nice role in it or the bad one. I mean, like what you were saying, it, it doesn't matter if, okay, let's say there's this parent and this parent has to bring... The purpose in God's plan is for that parent to bring their kids, his kids, her kids to the Lord. You can either be the great parent who teaches them about Jesus and leads them in a beautiful way, or you can be, or they can be in a nombre de Jesus, it's not going to happen, right. but they can be such a bad example that That's their true. kids go to God in search of, you know, of Something everything better. that they don't have at home. Right. So in the end, it's just going to happen. But we, having you know i feel like it's so kind of god to let us have a say in this of course it's so kind because he'd really he really shouldn't i mean he can control everything right but to say you know what you can pick right what do you want chocolate or vanilla you know and it's up to us it's really up to us yes i agree it is up to us that's what i said that's why we we can use it or lose it right just like our episode is <laughs> yeah. called uh, another question uh can can people who are uh, homosexual or rapists or serial killers um can they can they be saved uh you know if they have a genuine encounter and with with christ of course and honestly to that question i say yes i don't believe that there's a power um how do i say this there's a power against god that can that can that can withstand prosper. them yeah they can not only prosper but like i don't think anybody can do anything that god can say oh i will not take him back I think anybody asked, I've heard people that were like full-time, you know, curanderos and people that were like deep into Satan stuff and God still chooses them and still loves them and still brings them back. So I don't believe that there's anything um, that uh, they can stand within God's way. I just want to like to back up what you were saying. Uh, you know, there's nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. That's it, period. There's nothing more powerful than his blood. No sin that you have, no evil in your heart is bigger than the blood of Jesus. But just to back that up, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11 says this. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. But here's the beautiful thing. And some of you used to be like this, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of her God. That's it. That's it. Some of us used to be those kind of people who can never inherit God's kingdom. But now in Jesus, we have a second chance. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and so, yes, like um, we've been saying, um, those people can have a genuine encounter with Christ, but also that genuine encounter, as we've said before, like they can come as they are, but they can't leave the same way. Um, those people should 
have the conviction of the Holy Spirit of their sins and and turn away. And how Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to come with me, you must forget yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. So those people that um, are, are that way, they and they want to genuinely change, and they've had this encounter with Christ, they should be willing um, enough to let go of that old way of life and come become new in in the lord yeah i agree guys moving on to our last last question it is um if you commit a really bad crime then you come in, then you become christian do you have a, do you have to turn yourself in or can you live your life serving god and repentance of your past and i feel like it dep- i feel like it depends on so many levels right like if you killed a person 40 years ago i mean what, what I don't know what to say. Like I feel kind of bad saying don't tell anybody, but like, he, like okay, if you killed somebody forty years ago, and that's and it, you and, haven't, and, and you and you've changed, and you received Christ, and there's a change in you. Okay, dude, live life. But yeah, if you raped somebody yesterday, and you fought, and you you know find Jesus the next day, yeah, dude, go and come you know, forward, come forward and present yourself because because God is God has a plan for you no matter what. Just that I want to I want to I want to explain to you guys that. It's not about hiding sin. Just like the Bible said, and just like you guys said, whoever confesses their sin but steps away from it reaches mercy. Yes. Yeah, and we have to know also that every action we do, whether good or bad, has a consequence. And consequence doesn't necessarily mean just bad or, or just good. Um, but we also have to know that, like Danny said, if like you raped someone or like did a horrible crime like a few days ago and you come to Christ, you have to know that there is an order because God is a God of order, like um, Corinthians says. And But even when we confess our sins, the Bible says in Proverbs that we reach mercy, um, just like uh, King David did um, in 2 Samuel 12, 13 through 14. I have sinned against the Lord, David said. Nathan replied, The Lord forgives you. You will not die. But because you have shown such contempt for the Lord in doing this, your child will die. So David, yes, he reached mercy because he recognized he sinned. He knew he sinned. But then again, he still had to suffer the consequences of losing, of losing his child and um, being in trial, uh, being in that type of trial and um, seeing if he will still continue in the Lord. I think it's very important, our attitude. You know, um, we were talking earlier about Judas and Peter and how they both, you know, did something they did not have to do. Mm. You know, about how Judas betrayed the Lord in one way and then Peter also betrayed the Lord in another way. But the attitude post, like, sin is what matters. Because Judas had regret, but there wasn't, like, repentance. There was just guilt. And guilt without Jesus is just guilt. It leads to suicide. It leads to, yeah, it leads to suicide. And it can lead, okay, let's say not suicide physically, but right. it leads to a spiritual death. You know, there's guilt, but there's no repentance. There's guilt without the Holy Spirit. There's there's no life. There's no, there's no being redeemed. Right. But then we see Peter. He denied the Lord. But then his attitude was, yes, I feel guilty. But it's not only about guilt. It's about repentance he repents and he gives fruit of repentance and and that fruit is what makes a difference and it's what 
tells us, you know, okay, you can be redeemed. It's just what you do with your guilt. I feel yes. like what you do with your guilt, do you give yourself that guilt or do you give the guilt to God? Because when we give that that regret to the Lord, it becomes this, this, you know, Jesus, I give you what I did and I expect nothing of you, but I know that you can forgive me, you know, and mm. change this around. And actually, um, to go a little bit to further depth about Judas, it says that he felt uh, in the Greek version, it says metalomai, which means to regret to regret oneself to oneself, which means he didn't confess his sin. He didn't like feel bad to God. He just was like, oh, darn, like I, I'm I feel guilty for doing this. But he didn't regret what he, I mean, he didn't like say, I wish I hadn't done this. He just regretted it to himself. Whereas um, Peter, in your example, what he felt was metanoia, which was a change of mind. It was, it was a change of, wow, like I, I did this wrong and I can't do this again. Like I have to change who I am. I can't be like this anymore. And Judas didn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah I agree. An another example is Paul. Yes. Paul, his name used to be Saul. And he used to be a, 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 a murderer and a persecutioner of, uh, of Christians. And if you guys notice, he wasn't even a follower of Christ while he was alive. And yet God chose him at the end. He said, no, you are going to be my follower. You're going to be my apostle. And if you guys notice, um, he literally given us all the doctrine that we know. Yes. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's given so much. So listen, listen, listen to how beautiful this is. He was the one that had the little, the most, the, how do you say the? The least. The least. God, thank you. He had the least and yet was given the most. So just like you said, right? All about his attitude. Yeah. If he would have said, oh, I love to kill Christians and lead them to death. I don't think God would have used them. But he knew that something in him wasn't good. He knew he was like, no, nah, I gotta do something. But, you know. People remember that people back then used to be, if you were a carpenter, your dad was a carpenter, you were also a carpenter. Yes. So keep in mind that maybe his dad was, that's all he ever knew. Yeah. And when God came, he was like, now you know me. He was like, now that I know the truth, I will change my ways. I will change what I didn't like before, and now I'm going to be something And this more. comes back to the beginning of the whole thing, because you were saying, okay, what, what about doctrine? Maybe yes. all you ever knew was the exact opposite of Jesus and the gospel. Yes. <laughs> but this Jesus and the gospel and everything, it just comes to change your life. And you're like, okay, but I don't know anything about this. What do I even do with this new information? What do I do with this new life? God will tell you what to do. And I feel like this about, about saying, you know, I messed up and should I come forward or not? The Bible does say, you know, that the one who conceals his sin will not prosper. And I want to say this because I feel like sometimes we don't, we think it's the same thing. It's not about um, the one who is caught in sin and then just repents because he feels so embarrassed so uh, about his sin. Uh, and he steps away from his sin, but it's because he feels so embarrassed about it. That will prosper. It's not about... I think we have to really take our time and think, am I stepping away? Am I renouncing my sin because I was caught in it? Or am I renouncing it because I recognized that there was something wrong with it? And I decided to come forward to the Lord and say, Jesus, this is wrong about me. I do not like this. I, I understand how this does not bring honor to your name. I understand how this just makes everything in my life harder. And I want to renounce it. I feel like our attitude, not only after the sin, but during the sin is very important. Because it's not the same thing that, you know, to be tempted and, okay, I, I, you know, like. Yeah, I fell. I fell. Yeah. As to, like, go on the top of the cliff and just say, okay, here's sin. It's so nice. I like it. So, ah, uh, 
yes, there'll be consequences later, but let's just take a chance and I'm going to jump off the cliff. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, let's enjoy it while it lasts. It's not the same, right? right. So let's just have the right attitude. All right, guys. Uh, thank you guys very much for choosing um, once again the encounter. I'm sorry. I hope that wasn't too abrupt but <laughs> we have 40 minutes in this thing and we usually do like 30 35 um guys once again thank you very much for choosing us uh thank you anna for being here we appreciate thank your you time guys. and um follow us on uh redeem uh, la on instagram and yeah i think um we release our episodes there if i'm not wrong yeah we do sorry i'm the one in charge and i don't know right <laughs> but yeah uh we release our episodes there and we release like our daily um you know like thought and you know it, i think it's beautiful and i think we i like it so hopefully you all like it so guys god bless you and once again thank you guys uh for tuning in see you guys next week god bless